Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's time for the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, PrideofDetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Talk real fast, do this real fast. It's what we are going to do. It's time to talk about the Detroit Lions and NFL Draft. Draft it, draft, draft logger. Draft, draft McDrafterson. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. In morning today, uh, a lot of bad things happening in the world. It's what it is. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got Jeremy Reisman's here, fearless leader at Detroit Online, all out of sorts, but still present here, so he doesn't get fined. Hello, Jer- Jeremy. Hello, I'm here. I'm awake. I'm back on East Coast time. Feeling good. You went down to Nashville. That's not like going to the West Coast. You only lost like an hour. Yeah, but I've got a very sensitive sleep schedule, right? Do you? No, not at all. I sleep at all hours of the day. I was going to say, did you at least abuse your body with hot chicken? I did. And uh, it was not really in a state where I remember it all that well, but I think it was good. That's, that's the, that's, uh, if you believe the urban myths about hot chicken came to be invented, that is the traditional way. Um, Where'd you go? A place called Party Fowl. Oh, okay. I thought you would have gone to like something authentic, but no. Oh yeah. What's the place authentic? Prince's original place. Whatever. We tried Hattie B's, but the line was like five hours long. So Oof. not happening. I could see that. I could see that. Even here in LA, we got Howlin' Rays, and that's like a three hour line. So be wild. Yeah. People really want to abuse themselves with the dirty bird. Uh, Ryan Matthews Black is the rock at Ryan underscore P O D. Ryan, have you abused yourself with the dirty bird? Uh, I am going to plead the fifth and I want to actually ask Jeremy a question because you said that you weren't in a state to remember it. Are you okay? Did you like fall off an electric scooter and hit your head or what? Uh, yes. to the first no to the second part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say this electric scooters, really, really fun, pretty cheap way to get around a city. Totally irresponsible and should be illegal. (laughs) <laughs> also i just hate that people just throw them all over a sidewalk it's just awful i, I went down the to sandy oldest man person you've ever said what that was the oldest man person thing no you've ever but said. like literally like i went down to san diego one time and i had to like step over three of them just are you, are you okay stra- straight across the 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 sidewalk no it's just annoying me if i'm not paying attention then what's going to happen carnage that's what's gonna happen <laughs> speaking of carnage jeremy has a game here we're just gonna go right off the top rope into this because we are uh we're going back and forth on our format still but we have 20 minutes to spare here and jeremy wants to play a little game i do not have music for it but uh we're gonna play the game that's what i should just drop in i should just i'm sure we'll get complaints about it but just a little bit of uh motorhead <laughs> A little bit yeah. of motorhead time to play the game. Yeah, that's fine. As long as it's framed around football, I don't think people will care. <laughs> How else could it be framed, Ryan? In no other way possible, but let's play the game. <laughs> it's time to play the game. Uh, give it to us, Jeremy. What's our game All right. this week? Well, I mean, give it's an NFL draft time. We have a name for the game? Uh... Happy or sad first round pick. I have no idea. I'm bad at this. Um, let me just jump into the rules <laughs> here. Uh, so draft day, less than two weeks away. 
all the focus I think is on the Lions' first round pick, and and kind of rightfully so. They haven't had a first round or a top ten pick since what twenty fourteen, I want to say, um, your Gibran days. Anyways, uh, I'm going to run through a list of somewhere between five and ten of the most likely candidates uh, for the Lions to take in that first round, that um, eighth overall, if they don't trade out. And you guys are just going to simply tell me, does that make you happy? Does that make you sad? And if you want to explain how happy or how sad it would make you, that's your prerogative. Cool? Okay. Okay. We can do Simple it. Simple enough. How many names you got? Um, let's say seven. Okay. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. We might have to split this up then into two segments, but I like it. I like it. Let's go for it. All right. I'm going to start out with the easiest one. Brian right. Burns. Defensive end out of Florida State. Happy or are you sad? Asking, are you asking us to spoil what we did on our uh, mini podcast? Well, yeah, that's way in the past. That's in the rear view. Brian, you go first. Um, okay, well, quick, easy answer for me. Pick make Ryan happy. Um, <laughs> for, for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, I, I really think that I, th- I think the way that Burns plays football, like the way that he gets around the field is so reminiscent of somebody who shouldn't be like a defensive end. And I'm all about it, to be honest. Give me Brian Burns at number eight and you make Ryan happy. My answer to this is go download the mini podcast again and you will hear my thoughts there. <laughs> what a what a shill. Need these downloads, man. Need them. <laughs> Need them. We, we not, picked Brian Burns in the SB Nation Writers Mock Draft. You will hear our uh, my commentary there. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll add some more like technical jargon too. Like when you watch yeah. when you watch Brian Burns play, there's some things that immediately stand out to you, mm. and it's just his ability to get off the ball and to go get the person with the ball. It's incredible, like his his flexibility, like his bend around the edge. The Lions haven't had a player like that in a while, and I think that it would, and I think that that would just be such a get for them. I don't really care that the Lions, you know, addressed the position by getting Trey Flowers, and they still have Devin Kennard, and they had these other players. Like it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm interested right. in Brian Burns at at eight. Jeremy, feed us your next pick. Okay, and my answer is obviously yes. It's close yeah. to an ideal situation. Uh, number two, Ed Oliver. A guy that's been the kind of hot talk of trading down with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle out of Houston. Happy uh, or sad times ha- with Ed happy. Oliver? Happy for me. Um, granted, this is still within my wheelhouse of I will literally take anything along the defensive line and you will make me very happy. Uh, very interesting way to address. Um, I mean, when it comes to the defensive line right now, there's a lot, just so many options on the field. And, but I mean, Ed Oliver at the end of the day is just a physical specimen. It's what it is right now. And uh, he's gotten a lot of press for good measure for it. He's huge. He's very big. He's very menacing. And I am channeling my inner Al Davis. And I will say yes. I was team played dead for Ed after the New York Jets took the Lions to task in week one. And not much has changed. I think that an Ed Oliver pick at number eight would make Ryan happy. So the only concern, the only hang up that I have about Ed Oliver is that while it seems to be it seems to be of note that everybody who's broken down his game has said he has all of this you know, positional versatility along the defensive line. Ideally, he's a three-tech starting interior defensive lineman. But he loses some of his, <clears throat> he loses some of his, uh, some of his, like, juice if he isn't given the ability to just play forward. If he's being tasked with playing along the line, you're not really playing Ed Oliver to his strengths. And I'm wondering whether or not the Lions' defensive scheme would allow for that to happen on a consistent basis just with the way that the lions play their defensive tackles. They need to be sturdy and stout in the run game. Not saying that Ed Oliver isn't, but I think that Ed Oliver at his best is when he's lining up as a three tech 
trying yeah. to yeah, I, I, break I think into the backfield. I mean, it's very easy to compare between Ed Oliver and Brian Burns, and I think for reasons we out we laid out earlier here, and then on the mini podcast we did for the writers uh, community draft. Just I th- I think we feel that you know I think either one of these guys would make me happy. The Lions definitely have options here, but I think Burns to to Ryan's point probably fits in with what what they like the what sort of flexibility and what they need to do with the current defensive scheme a little bit better than Ed Oliver. Does that make sense? I mean, it does, but I'm not sure I really agree with both of you guys. I think Ed Oliver is kind of a more versatile piece. He won't be your nose tackle. Obviously he's not big enough for that. He's, he's definitely more of a pass rusher, but I think you could even potentially kick him out to the edge on some downs. I think he's a guy that's as versatile as like a Deshaun hand type is honestly. And I would be thrilled with him. The second question I want to throw to you guys, though, is what if the Lions do what all these rumors are saying? If Ed Oliver is on the board, they're going to trade down with the Falcons. What if that well, happens? They well, trade I would down have, and, and the Falcons take Ed Oliver. Well, I would need more names to be happy about then. Well, just in that moment. <laughs> in that moment, Ed Oliver's on the board. Lions say, you know what? You know what? I, I'm going to go against the consensus. I know everyone likes to trade down now. I don't want to see a team trade down. It, it just, it reeks of just being just, just boring for me. I'm sorry. It's boring when a team trades down. I don't care that you're over there counting how many picks you now have and talking about your little, like, whimsical little tokens or whatever it is that a draft pick would be if we made it into a physical item. I want to see a pick. I want, when I, that clock goes off, I want to see someone rush up there. Trades really only, <laughs> like, if, if someone wants to be, make a trade, I want to see it be made in a big fashion that will mean something at the end of the day. I want my meaning out of whatever so happens. Chris, Chris, the GM, his goal on draft day is just to get entertainment to his fans. Yes. Not no, to get Chris, good players. Chris, I'm not being a GM here. You're asking me if it makes me happy or sad. You've put me in the seat of being the fan. And yes, I am a Detroit Lions fan and I am reacting as a fan. And as a fan, I am a pretty simple man at the end of the day. I want excitement. I want to see helmets colliding. I want to see balls through, thrown through the air. I want to see touchdowns. That's how I consume my football. I do not consume it by sitting there and playing and playing franchise fantasy mode on Madden. And I'm sorry if other people the, do. The draft That's just not how I consume. Then. No, I like going to the draft. I like seeing things happening. Look, I wouldn't have gone to Philadelphia and eaten all those cheesesteaks if I didn't like the draft. Don't get me you wrong. Just like I the like the draft. Let's be honest. I, I th- they were really good cheesecakes back in <laughs> cheesesteaks back me cheesecakes. I almost said cheesecakes. Yeah, back me up on this, Ryan. They were very good cheesesteaks there. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the eateries. No, but like, Philly. listen, like, it, I, I, I don't want to sit here and play fantasy G up. I'm I'm sorry. Like, if you, if you want to, if other people want to do that, that's fine. But I think a lot of a lot more people out there, a lot more fans out there. Would just rather like I I'm being I'm being that voice for them the people out there who just want the big name and the big splash to be out there if that seems simple maybe it is but you know what sports are for the simple you know what what's more entertaining to me than one good pick is two simple you're as not that. going to get another good pick it's you like, are you trade down you trade, trade down, down a couple spots summer. that high in the draft you're going to get a, a top you know day one or day two pick promise yeah <laughs> ah you say that now. I wouldn't hold you to it. Anyway, where were we? Uh, you want to give a quick opinion on the Lions trading out of potentially grabbing at Oliver, Ryan? Sure. I wouldn't be totally opposed to it, and I'm sorry. I actually traded in Madden the other day, so I don't play video games anymore. <laughs> I don't find enjoyment <laughs> in them. But I think the only reason why I would be cool with the Lions passing on Ed Oliver to trade down is because I... I just don't think that the risk of taking Ed Oliver, and I know it's kind of weird to say that it's a risk, but for a guy who is heralded as the number one pick, no doubt, at the beginning of the season, for him to not be the consensus number one guy, even when it seems like there are quite a few guys who are lacking in 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 here or in there, when you look at players like Nick Bosa, um, even like, you know, Quinn and Williams is kind of viewed as like maybe being the best prospect that's in the draft, but some of the other players like Juwan Taylor or DK Metcalf or Josh Allen, 
none of those players are really heralded as being generational, can't-miss top talents. And going into the season, Ed Oliver was, but then things just didn't work out his junior season. And I know that he kind of butted heads with the coaching staff and this, that, and the other. But I think if the Lions decide to trade down with Oliver still on the board at eight, I'd be fine with it because it would mean that the Lions would just have more lottery tickets. And right. as somebody who likes to gamble, you know I like my lottery tickets. Fair enough. All right, we got time for one more in your game here, Jeremy, then we'll take a break and do the other four on the other side. You cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. All, All right, right, guys, let's What's just talk name? about it. Let's just talk about it. TJ Hawkinson. Oh. Very popular. It's not where I thought you were going to go. I thought, no, not, we're not. I'm not even bringing up quarterbacks if that's what you thought was no, happening. No, no, no. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> I have another name. All right. But well, Hawkinson. Lions go tight end in the top 10 again. What is your reaction? Are you throwing something at the TV? Like no, 90% excite, of the Lions fans excite. might. <clears throat> excite. Hawkinson was very good at Iowa. Um, he was... <laughs> What was it? I think he had like what near 760 yards uh, in 2018. Yeah, that no, that's what it's saying here. I'm I'm all for it, man. He's the complete package. He's everything you want out of a tight end in this day. He can catch. He can block. He can he he attack, but he also protect. Um, he's he's just he's everything you want out of a tight end. And even with uh with Jesse James, I believe that the lions need to invest in the tight end position. If it's going to be one position, they're going to invest early in on offense. It should be the tight end. Uh, there's not many other positions on offense. I believe that they should be investing in when it comes to the first round, when it comes to offense, but tight end. Absolutely. Plus, you know me, I like my explosions, baby. Hawkinson means touchdowns. Ryan. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to say no. And, and I guess I'm playing the game wrong because it's not say no. Pick would, pick would make <laughs> Ryan sad. sad. Pick would make Ryan sad. <laughs> and the, the pick would make Ryan sad because while I agree with everything that Chris said, when you look at the tight end position, or when you look at all the players that are available at tight end, it's a really deep draft class, but Hawkinson stands out as maybe the most like scheme versatile guy. He does every, he does everything well. He's an inline blocker. He can run routes. He can catch passes. He can do everything that you want out of a out of a out of a tight end. However, I just don't think he does some things as well as I want the tight end for the Detroit Lions to do. And I guess those things are I would want somebody who has a little bit more like deep speed and somebody who can really take linebackers to task running routes and create separation. And I'm not sure Hawkinson is that player at the next level in college. Yes. He could abuse tight or he could abuse opposing linebackers and and take advantage of them because of his athletic traits in college. But I just don't think it's going to be the same way in the NFL and for the lions offense to really reach its potential. I think that they're going to need a tight end who can stretch the defense in, in some different ways. I kind of, right. okay. I'm going to jump yeah. in here real quick, real quick, and, real quick. Uh, life isn't lived on the edges. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle here, but I just want to say, like, I think a lot of people are criticizing this potential pick and saying, Oh, he's a tight end. You know, he's not going to have an immediate impact like a good defensive player. will. I completely disagree with that. Um, he's coming from Iowa pro style offense. the, the transition wouldn't be that bad. And and while I don't think he's a 100% premier blocker, 100% premier wide receiver um, type, he he's in the middle of both, and he's a good combination of both. And I think it's not bad value, um, like some people seem to think, uh, especially if you want to get an immediate impact. I think you will get an immediate impact with TJ Hawkinson. You're not playing the game right, Jeremy. Is the pick making Jeremy happy or is the pick making Jeremy sad? Uh, this is my game. I make the rules. I no, can the break judge. the rules. Yeah, I can exactly. turn he's this car judge. around. And this I is- can tell us that we're going to break. We're overdue for one. We will be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast with round two of happy or sad. Ding, ding, ding.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, round two, happy or sad. Jeremy is in the driver's seat for this game. One of our many games, it is time to play the game again. Jeremy, we, we have been, me and Ryan are sitting here. We're saying if we're happy or sad about these names of a theoretical draft where the Lions have in the multiverse are picking all these different, different picks. And in this multiverse, our multiverse uh, selves are reacting in one or multiple way. But because it's also the multiverse, it could probably be we're reacting both happy and sad. It just depends on which universe. But that's, let's not make it more complicated than it already is. Jeremy, who is next on our list? Up next is one of the most polarizing players in this yes. draft, especially for Lions fans. Part of it be- has to do with his uh, localness, I think. Part of it has to do with his stubbornness, uh, by perceived. Some of it has to do with lack of production combined with his elite athleticism. Everyone say it with me. Rashawn Gary. <laughs> we all three I love, that Chris, I love that Chris got it wrong. Rashawn <laughs> Gary is the, is the person. Hold up, hold up. But the same things you could have said probably uh, applies for Montez Sweat in many ways, too. Uh, maybe Te- technically because he did spend some time at Michigan State, right? Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking <laughs> oh, about. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people bring up character issues for Sweat now because of that. True. Okay, let, let so Rashawn be- Gary, let's let, let me reset here <laughs> now that I've been successfully <laughs> swerved. <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to Rashawn Gary at number eight, pick would make Ryan sad. And I don't think you need to look much further than some of the past drafts in which teams have kind of become enamored with players' measurables in terms of their athletic skill set. And when it comes to Gary, I understand that at Michigan, everybody's seen the clips of him consistently facing, you know, double teams, triple teams, things of that nature. But I really think that like his upside to be a productive starter in a multi-front defense where he can line up as a three-tech, where he can line up outside and, and, and do some different things, his pass rush, his, like his upside is great, but at eight, like I'm not super interested in getting a guy who the main selling point is upside. I want to get a contributor like right out of the gate. I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to... I'm I'm definitely not trying to I'm not trying to trade in my draft pick for a samurai sword and then to trade the samurai sword for a dog and then to trade a dog to like breed some puppies so I can get a couple grand later, if you know what I mean. See, the thing is for me is that you're calling him a samurai sword. I think of this guy more as just a spear because he's only got one use. You thrust him forward, and that's why it makes me sad, even though it's at a defensive end position. And if you told me straight off the board, hey, the Lions are going to draft an edge rusher, finally, I would fall on my knees and go, yes, hell yes. But I cannot be happy for Rashawn Gary in that role because all he really has, as as Ryan's alluding to, is potential. He's really a one-trick pony right now. He likes to, he, he can bull rush. That, that's really about it. That is, the, his long arm bull rush is really about his only real move out there. Um, he just, he doesn't really have 
good hand control. He doesn't really know how to really use his hands yet. He doesn't really, he's, he struggles with, um, he, he tends to really lose some of that pad level on, on inside counter sometimes. Like just, I, he's not versatile enough for what the Lions need on this defense and especially to, to be a cornerstone of an emerging front seven that needs to work in this new system. You're both wrong like, again. And I'm not being a homer here. And also, also makes me sad because I am so goddamn tired of people stumping from players out of Michigan. Your dumb college team isn't really that good. (sighs) Whatever, Notre Dame, dude. Uh, I'm not a Notre Dame, dude. Fight Uh, on. Okay, bandwagoner then. Uh, no, I'm not a bad. Hold <laughs> on. Are you telling me I bandwagoned USC after yeah, that season they just had? near you. Anyways. I went to the goddamn school. No one cares. Um, Rajon Gary is 100% more versatile than you think. Um, I mean, he's a big dude. He can definitely play defensive tackle. The question is whether he wants to. Oh. Rumors say he doesn't. Um, but to me... I, I think people are getting a little too hung up on his production. Um, a lot of talented players uh, come out of defenses like that without great production. I know there are also a lot of people that like Chase Winovich a lot better, including the people over at PFF. But Rashawn Gary, to me, like just has exactly the type of body that you want. And sure if, 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 there's, if there's a coaching staff that can bring it out of him, that can bring out production in a guy who hasn't had a ton of production, i.e. Deshaun Hand, uh, yes, give me Rashawn Gary because I think he's also a perfect fit, a perfect fit for what they want to do along that defensive line. But don't they want players who have positional versatility and actually want to do those things? I don't. I don't buy this. That, I that think it's you, a red he refuses flag. to play yeah, defensive I, tackle. You know what? It doesn't even have to be refuse. It just has to be. If he's he not good at it, well, he is. Well. Who's it? I don't know. Who's to say if he's good or if he isn't good at it? Because we don't have a whole lot of tape to go off of whether or not he's good or he, or he's not good at it. There's I'm just saying, especially no tape at the pro level. Like, I, I mean, I, no one has tape at the pro. I level. know exactly. <laughs> I, okay, this is all I'm going to say. Whether or not it's substantiated or true, I just think that I think it could come down to like an effort thing. And you know what? If you want to talk about other red flags, the shoulder injury. There, there, I just think that there's there's too much smoke there, and I think at eight it's it's too much. It's there is inherent risk. I will give you that. All right, we should probably move on. We've gotten four down. Um, I think you have like three more names for us. Yep. But let's right, let's go. Let's say this one with each other, Chris. Is this the one I'm thinking of now? I, I hope so. Me again, you goddamn so. bastard. <laughs> This is really hard to do on latency on this uh, on this voiceover IP thing too, but let's try it. All right, all right, all right. One, two, three. Montez, Montez sweat. sweat. There we go. Thank Montez you. Brian, you didn't sweat. you didn't tap in. I don't like this game. <laughs> <laughs> Does Montez Sweat make you happy or make you sad? Either one of you, jump in here. Ryan, you get to lead off because I led off round one. So. Oh, sure. Okay. Montez Sweat at eight makes Ryan a sad boy. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's hear it. I'm not particularly interested in a player who has problems when it comes to character. And I think it's been documented by a few people that his time at Michigan State didn't go so well. I understand he did play pretty well at Mississippi state. You don't rack up the numbers that he did and you're bad, you know, 22 and a half sacks over the last two seasons. I'm just, I'm just a little uncertain of his also his, his athletic traits too. I'm, I don't really see the burst, especially on tape. And when it comes to, when it comes to getting a pure edge, like an edge guy, I know the Lions have lacked that for so long. I just don't, I don't see that in in sweat. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get an edge guy, get an edge guy. Here's where I stand on this, and I this actually makes me happy, and it makes me happy. And yes, I knew who this person was. Just someone someone criticized me because I didn't know who Montez Sweat was, and at that time I didn't watch it because guess what? It was still leading up to the draft. 
give me a break. I'm allowed to have an off season too. Got to watch up on him. What else can I say, man? What else can I say? You get to it eventually. Sweat. Like him. Absolutely like him. Um, I guess I could, st- uh, where, where to start then? Cause I don't want, I don't want to make this all about refuting Ryan, even though we're supposed to just be two fish now fighting each other. Um, I want a powerful little guy on the edge to do what he can. And sweat is a monster and he will probably continue to keep growing into that and just get bigger and stronger. And he has just the power, the, those kind of powerful hands that can really bully a tackle and get around that edge and just do mean, horrible things. Uh, slippery little bastard, and that's all the kind of stuff I like. As for the character issues, um, this is my least favorite word in all of sports. Aside from, like, I know Jeremy has his hang-up on momentum. Character issue is the hang-up for me. Uh, just because it is flattening. It's very flattening. A drug, a drug charge and something very weak like marijuana can be flattened to the same thing as a sexual assault charge. And we just lump them all and say, oh, it's a character issue, which is ridiculous. Those are completely different things. And on the less egregious stuff, which I consider drug charges to be, I'm sorry, I do not have a moral outbreak, a moral panic about drugs in either which way. But even if you believe he did something wrong in that regard, I believe that given in this particular case (laughs) with a victimless crime like drugs, you have rooms to grow. You have room to improve upon yourself. And I can firmly believe that it's come up. And if, if he can prove himself to be that, I think, I mean, what, what else can I say? I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, his on-the-field play has, exonerates him that, in that regard, but I also don't think that a past also condemns him for all of time, too. It's, it's something that, when it is an issue like a drug, drug charge, that I'm just going to sit here and just shrug my shoulders. Because we've had far, far less polished figures in sports. I'm not even talking about guys who will skate on sexual assault or sexual abuse or domestic violence charges and then just keep getting played. I'm talking about guys like in the Raiders in the nineties who just go out into parking lots and shoot cans or something like those guys, they exist. They play football. They play the football real good. Mm -hmm. And I agree with just about everything you said, Chris. No, and I totally get, I totally get your, your, um, your hesitance too. My, my hesitance only stems from the fact that the NFL is a, ass backwards league and mm-hmm. drug charges like marijuana really, really affect your think, ability to play football for that league. So, well, I, I would say only if you, if you're someone who just can't stop doing them, right? Like I think at the end of the day, the NFL is a business and would, and they want to be ass backward about the drugs, but they also want to give you enough, uh, enough room where it's like, Hey, if you can just stop doing these for a little bit, we will try to look the other way. And that was the problem with, um, excuse me, the name's flipping my head already. Uh, the guy who played for the Browns last, uh, Josh Ryan, Gordon. Josh Gordon. Thank you. I'm sorry. My, my brain does not hold names that well. Like that was the problem for Josh Gordon is that Josh Gordon just kept stepping in it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I don't other... think, I don't think sweat is guaranteed to step in it repeatedly. Maybe not, but we're playing this game where the pick either makes you happy or sad at eight. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes me happy. My, my quick thoughts on it. I think Montes Sweat is a guy that isn't someone who will pop off as a pass rusher and is, isn't as exciting as Brian Burns. And when I think of an edge player, I want someone who has like a ton of spin moves and, and counter moves and can you know, do all these crazy things with their hands and rush the passer. That's not Montes Sweat. But he kind of, again, fits exactly the kind of profile that the Lions are looking for in, in that He's also really, really good against the run. And he's he a guy can have a couple pass rushers. And, you know, where, where Ryan is, is right that his athleticism and his bent isn't really there on tape, it certainly was there at the NFL Combine. So, um, it, it, in the end, it makes me happy, just not excited. Fair enough. All right. We got uh, about seven minutes. Do you have, uh, let's get the two more names in here. Let's blow through it. All right. Linebacker Devin White. Hmm. Ready to go. Oh, fuck. 
uh, out of out of LSU, right? That's right. Okay. Everyone, um, don't jump in at once. <laughs> I can see Ryan wants me to take the lead on this again. Well, I took the lead on Sweat. I thought we were going back and forth, but I can talk <clears> about Devin we? White. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you took the lead on like the first round, so I'm not trying to be a uh, a disagreeable couple here or whatever. <laughs> Uh, I would not be happy with Devin White at number eight because when I look at Devin White tape, I say, hey, it's Jared Davis. <laughs> not a compliment. Hashtag not a compliment. <laughs> Very not a comp- compliment. Um, I'm not really much of a fan of this either. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say sad because when I hear interior linebacker, off the board at number one. Once again, I, I believe in drafting for need and it, uh, no, 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 no. One of his strengths, according to the, I'm, I'm reading his, his stuff on NFL.com too, for all his notes. And I just want to say one of his strengths is listed. Here's two of his strengths right here. That just immediately puts me as a red flag. Vora, voracious student of the game. Okay. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> Yeah. And here, here's the one where I just bail out altogether. And I don't, this is why Lance Zierlin, Zierlein, I'm sure he's very good at what he does, but I'm just saying like, when you write something like this, this doesn't sound like a strength to me. Unorthodox, but finds the football. <laughs> Jared Davis. <laughs> Jared Davis. Yeah, like I'm with Ryan. This gives me, the position freaks me out and the comparisons to Jared Davis just makes me, makes me want to sell. The only upside to this is that if we did draft this guy, I would get to invite on my friends from uh, Valley Shook, the LSU SB Nation blog, especially at Podcat, and we'd have fun there. But other than that opportunity, uh, not a fan. Uh, let me just say this. Dane Brugler put out his NFL draft guide today for The Athletic, and if you have an athletic subscription, you can get it for free. Uh, his summary says... <clears throat> His play, his play speed and relentless nature are off the charts, projecting as an NFL starter similar to Jared Davis. Since we're doing the comparison to things, can I tell you what NFL.com said is the closest NFL player to Rashawn Gary? Hmm. Ezekiel Ansah. <laughs> there you go. Still want him? Great pick. God damn, man. Uh, but Devin White, uh, I would also not be happy. I would be sad um, only because Devin Bush is a better prospect, and you can tell I'm not a homer, homer. because I just said I'm not a homer. God damn, man. No homer has ever claimed that they're not a homer before they've said something, so not a homer. All right. What else Next got? one. DK Metcalf. Lines go skill position, not tight end in the first round. How you really? feeling draft day? Confused, but kind of happy you give me a wide receiver. I'm like, all right, let's go weapons. I think we've stepped on this before, too. Like, as much as I, I want the Lions to take front-line defense, I also believe that between what they've been doing with Snacks and Trey Flowers, that they are almost kind of okay there. I mean, it, it's something that I want reinforcement, and I would hope that in round two, in this, in this particular universal uh, spectrum, that they then take defense in round two. But uh, you're telling me you're giving Stafford another weapon? I'm here, baby. I'm here, and Metcalf was good. He was good. I don't know what else to say other than trying to say that in my voice like that. I know that's not in-depth analysis you people are looking for, but Metcalf is, uh, yeah, what else can I say? He's good. He's good. He's got, you know, he's got the speed you want. He's got the height you want. Um I don't know. This is this is someone I didn't watch too much on. So Ryan, you you're probably going to beat me here. Um, <laughs> I mean, can he play? I, I guess my big question is, can he play inside when it comes for receiving? Can he play slot if we if we need him to? But I mean, other than that, like I'll take whatever we can get as far as receivers at this point. This Lions offense is a shell of itself without Golden Tate. Okay, Jeremy, how about you go first? Oh, okay. Um, Who this controls this would, game here? I, I guess it's Ryan now. Ryan is captain now. Uh, DK Metcalf make me sad. Um, I just don't think the values there for a guy that's as risky as him. Kind of an unrefined game at this point. He's certainly the guy that's just wows you with this athleticism stats. You know, 
like Chris was saying, super big, super fast, um, mediocre kind of uh, uh, production at Ole Miss. Um, it, it's a, it's, it's kind of like how you feel with Rashawn Gary in that, or, or yeah, Rashawn Gary, I think you were saying you, you, there's too many risks involved. To me, there's a little too many risks involved with DK Metcalf. There's also injuries, um, and, and just he he needs quite a bit of refinement to his game in terms of route running. And I I don't really like the Lions going skill position in the first round unless it's tight end because I think that's a bigger need. And and Metcalf is an outside receiver, and that means you're either moving on from Marvin Jones, um, in the near future, which I'm not completely against, but um, it's just it it. In terms of the value to the team right now, I don't think DK Metcalf would be a smart choice. Get it, Ryan. DK Metcalf being selected by the Detroit Lions at number eight would make me happy for the sole fact that it would piss everybody else off, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a troll answer here. Why? why, Come on, give, give us the thoughts. I think it would so upset people for the same reasons, not, not for the exact same reasons, but for reasons kind of adjacent to why people would be so up in arms if the Lions decided to go TJ Hawkinson at eight or Noah Font at eight. If the Lions pick a skill position player, I think people are just going to be livid because they think that the Lions need an edge rusher or the Lions need... Probably an interior lineman at this point. Yeah. Offensive guard, which at eight would be insanity too, but yeah, they want a corner. Here's the thing about the draft too, is that early on in the draft process, I think right after the season's over, people start looking at mock drafts and they, they let that inform their opinion way too much. And I still see the name greedy Williams being thrown around way too often. And it's to me, it's it just screams. I read a mock draft in January and (laughs) Greedy Williams was a highly ranked cornerback. The Lions need a cornerback. Therefore, I want Greedy Williams. So I think people pigeonhole themselves into thinking that the Lions need position X, Y or Z. And if the Lions stray from that, if 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 people are so still affected to their core by the fact that the Lions took Eric Ebron, you know, in 2014. I just for the just for the sole fact that DK Metcalf would probably piss everybody off in a in a in the second floor of a B Dubs in downtown Detroit, which we haven't even mentioned oh, yet. God damn it! On this okay. podcast, yeah, so way to I, bury I, the lead. I guess we'll talk about that in the third segment for the mailbag. But I I, I would be over the moon. Format. I'd buy champagne for everyone. <laughs> Jesus. Don't hold it's, me to it's that. It's interesting. I mean, that can, you can, can I ask you this then? Can I ask you this then? At least because you mentioned cornerback. Do you do you think at this point there are better cornerbacks in this draft than Greedy Williams? Because I like Greedy Williams as a cornerback. I don't know if I'd take him the first round, but I, I'm just uh, I'm yes. curious about that. You yeah, think there is? I, you I think take there, Murphy or Baker. I think there, I think there's an awful lot of cornerbacks that I would take, especially if I'm the Detroit Lions, that I would take over Greedy Williams for sure. All right. Fair and, enough. And it's interesting because I did a mock draft roundup today and. Greedy Williams was still on a couple, but DeAndre Baker was on more, I believe, or either the same amount. Um, yeah, one one more. DeAndre Baker was on a couple, and I think a lot of people in Lions Twitter actually fall in love with a lot more guys like Amani Oruwari out of Penn State, a couple of the local guys, and David Long out of Michigan, or Justin Lane out of Michigan State. Um, Byron Murphy is a guy that that a lot of people like. I, th- I think Dane Brugler has him as his number one. I think uh, I think Reno has him in the top three. Um, like you said, I think there are a lot of options at cornerback, and that's why I didn't put one on this list of seven. But if if there was going to be one, it was probably going to be Byron Murphy or or uh, DeAndre Baker, not Greedy Williams. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break and get to the mailbag. We're overdue, and we're gonna slam through this, and we gotta let you know about, as Ryan alluded to, something really cool that's going on in Detroit Draft Week. We will be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD Cast. Mail 
wheels. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD as always to get your questions in. Ryan reminded us, and I forgot about this because we had completely changed our format before we went live. And I'm glad we did because it gave us more time to play the game and get all that out of our system. Uh, but there's a party coming up. It's going to be in Detroit. It's going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're at in Detroit. I am pulling that up right now on the Buffalo Wild Wings on Randolph Street, 1218, downtown Detroit, Thursday, April 25th, 7 p.m., before the draft begins. Get there. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't think any of us are actually, any of us on the podcast are going to be there, but some of the rest of the staff is going to be there. Well, I, I believe Ryan is going to try to make an appearance. I'm, Ryan's going to try to make it. I can't make it. I'm in LA, but um, we, we need to check out the Wi-Fi situation before I can commit to it because daddy's got to work that night, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but if you've been but, listening to our podcast for a while, some of the names you'll recognize. Yes. Kyle Yost will be there. Jerry Mallory, Big Jerry, he's going to be there. Mike Payton, going to be there. Kelly Rowe, Kelly Rowe, she's going to be there too. Alex Reno's going to be there Alex for sure. Reno, no one cares about that. Pretty sure Kentley's going to be there, but I'm, Ooh, he's still working out. a smart one in the house. Yes, and I, there's going to be a lot of really fun stuff. There's, there's drink specials, there's food specials. The first 10 guests to get there after 7 p.m. don't get there before then because we're not even going to be there before then and we won't count you. But the first 10 people get a free shirt, a Pride of Detroit shirt, custom print just for this event. And it's got a, a, a special theme to it that I think you'll, you'll enjoy if you listen to this podcast. There's also games. We're going to have trivia. We're going to have like best mock draft predictions. It's a prize as well. Um, and you take as many photos as you want. Of Ryan. I will be charging. <laughs> okay. What's your going rate? It's for me to know and for you to find out. Um, well, I guess, yeah, there's only way f- one way for you to find out. You got to show up. Mm-hmm. Got to show out. Show up, show out. Exactly. Scared money don't make none. All right, let's get to these questions here, shall we? I think this is a draft appropriate one here. I like this. From Joey Two Times, which, by the way, your avatar of Stafford with his head uh, balding scares the crap out of me, Joey. So thank you. Thank you for that nightmare. Um, just like complete George Costanza looking. Uh, Which draft question are you the most sick of answering? Uh, honestly, it's probably just like, will the lines trade down or will the lines trade up? Or they trade up or trade down. (laughs) We had a whole episode on that. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, just asking me to predict anything at this point, the lines are, you know, like anyone who tells you that there's, they have information leaked out of lines camp. I don't believe them for a second because from personal experience, everything is on lockdown right now. And anything you hear from either a general manager or someone saying, I got rumors coming out of Lions camp that so-and-so is going to so-and-so and so-and-so's got a trade lined up for so-and-so. I don't believe it. And so if you're asking me to predict based on my sources, I have nothing for you. And so that's, that's where I'm at in terms of. I have an answer for this. Ryan, do you have one? I, well, I do, but I want to hear your answer first. And I'm okay. I'm going to have to tap and be a little more towards a whole genre of questions, kind of like Jeremy, is that I don't like anything that asks me to be the one in charge of it. As I mentioned before on an earlier segment, my fantasies when it comes to inserting myself into the sport of football has never been at the managerial level. I don't like to fantasize myself being the coach or being the general manager. It's just not something I sit there each day and think about. I would rather think about wouldn't it be cool to actually be one of these guys who play the game? So when it comes down to it, I empathize a lot more. And that's, that's my entire psyche right there. I empathize a lot more on the fantasy eyes, the, the eyes looking through the fantasy window into the player himself and not the general manager or the coach. So when you ask me to sit down and be the coach or the general manager, I'm sorry, I just have no interest. I don't. I, I mean, I, I like sitting here and maybe like thinking about, hey, what might the Lions do? But I'm also someone who'd be like, oh, yeah, they did that. Because like when my heart goes out in the draft, it's seeing those players having their stories written. 
you know, with their mothers there and, and getting up there and crying on the stage and letting those emotions out that all their hard work has paid off to this point or where they're going to go next or whatever their professional aspirations may be. That's where my heart's going to. It's not going to the guy sitting there in the war room looking over these names in a very cold fashion and picking one of them. That's my answer. Don't ask me to be the GM. Fair enough answer. The one question that I am sick and tired of getting is why are you the most handsome person on Pride of Detroit? (laughs) And it's like, I get it. I understand it. I've been saddled. Mom, stop sending me questions. I've been saddled with these beautiful eyes that I have to bring around. And it's just, my apple pie is the most crumblest. <laughs> uh, Make sure you RSVP now for the predatory yeah, grab party. Sexy. Go to predatory.com. It's right there on the front page. All right. Let's go. Brent Teal asking us if the Lions were a house in Game of Thrones, which house would they be? The one made out of bricks. That seems like a smart choice. Is this is it the part where we say none of us on the podcast are listen watch Game of Thrones? I've never watched an episode. I haven't seen a single episode. I've seen four and I didn't like it. How about that? Oh wow, God! You know what that means? It means on Pride Detroit will be the only website on God's green earth and cyberspace to not have an article saying who who in subject X is like character Y from Game of Thrones. <laughs> we will not be doing this guy is Targaryen, who's the hell, and that guy over there isn't the dragon lady or whatever. This isn't to be hipster, <laughs> but like literally, like I've I like I noticed even every sports show on Earth was doing Game of Thrones segments. This the show's become so big, it's like there there's like a crushing oppressiveness if you don't watch it. I'm not gonna be someone like Jeremy can be i'm not going to tell you that what you like is bad but i'm just saying like i don't watch it if you find it fun that's great it's just not up my alley i've never been one of those people fyi (laughs) except for when i say that chili dogs are horrible you guys should Uh, all be ashamed of you chili dogs listen the amount of shade you were throwing around last night about the detroit Pistons season being over i I have nothing to confusing me with someone else no it was you um so with me and my relationship with Game of Thrones, I maybe someday I might be interested in watching it. But like you alluded to, Chris, I think there's this like, I, I think you worded it well by saying there's this like there's this like crushing oppressiveness if you don't watch the show. And I think you get some you get some weird reactions from people when you tell them that you haven't watched Game of Thrones. And there, it seems like there's also like this suggestiveness that I'm not watching it just out of spite because everybody else is watching it when that's really not the case. It's just, I don't have the time to devote uh, to a television show like that, especially since people say it's so binge worthy seasons now too. Like, that's a lot. That's seasons. a lot of catching. That's a lot of catching up to do. And I, I'm totally fine with enjoying it at a later date, just as I have enjoyed plenty of other television shows like The Wire. So I don't think I'm on any type of schedule. However, I will say two more things. One, that I really enjoy how everybody enjoys the ever-loving hell out of Game of Thrones because it literally took over my timeline and it has not stopped dominating my timeline. The other thing is I'm sitting out, I'm sitting out on Twitter until the draft. There's no reason for me to be on there. It's just Game of Thrones. I don't have anything to do. I'm just being listed as DNP coach's decision for the next three weeks. Sweet. All right. We got to move fast. We got some, a lot more questions here. Uh, feel up my baloney asking us, <laughs> who is better, Tom Savage and Connor Cook together at the same time or Colin Kaepernick by himself? Also, would Sonic the Hedgehog be an effective running back? Uh, I'm only touching one of those questions with the 10-foot pole, and yes, Sonic would be a great running back. Sonic would be a phenomenal running back, but you have to offer him some kind of incentives. You know, he's only going he to go down the field if he, if he has an opportunity to get gold rings. Mm. Or, a, or a chili dog, apparently. That's like his big thing in the cartoon. He likes chili dogs, and we've got plenty of those in Detroit. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that canon? That's Sonic canon that he likes chili dogs? Uh, that's according to the Saturday cartoons, and I, I think so. I think that's like his favorite food. Um, it's been a minute since I've watched Sonic, so. I think that Colin Kaepernick would be a more effective quarterback than if you stock like if you stack Tom Savage on Connor Cook's shoulders or if it's you really hard for those two reverse. to move around together, you know? Yeah. And I don't think they make pads like that. So I think that would leave your quarterback pretty vulnerable. That would take it an kind- awful lot of practice too. I think you could only run shotgun out of that. And how are you going to expect to wait? So would the, would the center snap the ball to the lower half of the, of the two quarterbacks is- mutant, <laughs> and then he would pass it up to the quarterback who's higher than him. All I'm seeing in my head is Tom Savage, with Connor Cook and maybe a third quarterback all stacked up together in an overly long trench coat, like you would expect kids to wear to go and like out of a cartoon. Three kids, you know, stacking up to go right. buy beer or something. Same thing, except like twenty feet of of quarterbacks just standing there with a twenty foot tall trench coat, saying they now, want beer. Yeah, well, it also may be effective in the sense that if you tackled the lower half of the Not Savage the top Cook off, mutant. Yeah. The, the top half can escape and you'd have to tackle him too. This brings up a question about Sonic too, because Sonic to go fast, he has to like curl into a ball and everything. How do you determine when he's down? You'd have to like avoid everyone touching him. This is a way better question than I initially thought <laughs> it was. Okay. Next question. From carry on my wayward son. We're just killing it with the names today. Where would Zion Williamson go in the NFL draft and what position would he play? I would hope he'd go number eight to the Lions and he'd play tight end. <laughs> you put him at tight end. Here's the thing about drafting Zion. Could I'm sorry, you did, look- was I saying his name wrong? Yeah, but or, it's fine. Of course you were. Okay. I think the nice thing about Zion is when the Lions aren't using him, he can go play basketball for the Pistons and he can fix all their problems. Bring and back the two, the two sport athlete. I like it, even though a lot of their seasons overlap. But they don't need him for the regular season. No, absolutely not. Just have him play October or have him play September through February when the Lions win the Super Bowl, and then you can give him to the Pistons after the trade deadline. Okay. Either that the Pistons or look really bad. They could use any help they can. Holy crap. Well, yeah, they're in trouble. I mean, when your best I mean, player has a has a knee injury and he can't play the entire series, you're going, and Drummond you're just going to have off, a bad time. And Drummond just pissed off Antetokounmpo, and I will guarantee you for the next three games of the series, Antetokounmpo is going to eat this team like a nice euro from Golden Fleece. <laughs> Jeremy, do you have any thoughts on Zion Williamson and how he projects to be an NFL prospect? Nope. <laughs> Sorry, not a big basketball fan, especially of Duke. So. <laughs> All I'm right. sure he'd be a great football player or something quarterback question from streetballer John how do you guys get along with a huge gap between February and September without football I catch up on all my TV shows man I, I like I'm so in the weeds during football season that I'm just like now going through a whole bunch of TV that I missed there's Broad City just finished Broad Church I'm in the middle of there's just there's so much TV to catch up on outside of Game of Thrones, guys. There there are a lot of good shows outside of Game of Thrones. In fact, uh, I would I would suggest a show that comes on right before Game of Thrones, Veep, in the middle of a I think maybe their last season. Watch that. I say that I say that I don't have time to dedicate to watching Game of Thrones, but I'm currently rewatching Atlanta after I just got done watching season two. I started over with season one. How do you guys get along with the huge gap between February and September without football? Very carefully. That's it. Yep. No, I mean, I, I actually, so I've started a new job and um, my first reaction after that job was to go see two movies back to back. And uh, I, I think I'm watching a lot more movies now, but I mean, I'd be watching a lot of movies and playing a lot of video games anyway. Um, that said, the library on my switch is filling up very quickly. And uh, I will probably be playing a lot of those once the draft is over and probably watching more movies. I saw a really good uh, animated movie uh, yesterday, Penguin Highway, and uh, super recommend. 
kind of hard to see because it's like limited limited theaters from I understand but i mean i'm just gonna watch more movies i think maybe just write some other stuff besides football too just uh i don't know just go go find myself go down to a beach just go see the world what i was gonna do anyway because apparently i'm not a football fan or whatever um let's see next question here from craw dogs what words drive you nuts just giving you a hard time because of Ryan's record-breaking likes last week. But what word or saying do people say that drive you crazy? Hey, all so, I'm saying is if you have to set a personal record, you have to set a personal record. I think I'd rather have Ryan saying like than um, though. Because nothing drives me more crazy than hearing people on a podcast or on radio say um a lot. Because you notice when someone's kind of, and I, I get it too, and I even I say um every now and then, but it's not that's not the word that really bugs me. Um, go, <laughs> just saying um, <laughs> perfectly timed is almost like a bit. I need a second to think about what word would drive me crazy because I've got a few. But uh, Jeremy, do you have an answer for this? No, not really. I I actually don't hate people and what they do, even though. Uh, for some reason, I've gotten that reputation with Chris. <clears throat> uh, but I will say that the word moist is underrated. I don't know why people hate it so much. Moist. Uh, moist. Hmm. Moist. Okay. I think the closer you get to the mic, the better it gets. Mm. Moist. I, don't, I, I thought that thinking for a little bit would get me an answer, and I really don't have one. So. Next Mine. Question. I, real, real quick, yeah. I, I, family values. I know it's two words, but family well, values. I'll allow it. All right. No explanation right. needed, I guess. New Zealand lion. Would you rather never wash your hands again after going number two or get a little bit of poop on your hand every time you wipe? Jesus Christ. All right. I'll think longer about the, the words that don't like that. I don't like. <laughs> I mean, there are <laughs> options. You could just get a bidet. I'm just saying. I don't want to. An- I have not wanted to answer a single one of these questions. <laughs> no offense to the people writing in. I appreciate you asking questions, but man, this is rough. You have an answer, Ryan? John Cena. <laughs> No, we're not leaving yet. I tried. Let's go with piss at piss poor Packers. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, these names are on a roll today. Are, are we just getting questions from four-year-olds right now? Just pee-pee and poo-poo <laughs> questions? We're getting questions from Ryan's class. Hey. Is there a reason no one is mentioning the years Cliff Kingsbury and Case Keenum were together at the University of Houston? The NCAA touchdowns and reception records. It seems swapping Rosen for Keenum and drafting Kyler Murray would put Cliff Kingsbury in his happy place. It's too bad. I mean, we tried to have Kingsbury on the podcast today to do happy and sad, but he just wasn't available. You just say happy to everything anyway. That's just... Not that he's happy, but he's just that he's got he's got that aura about him where he's just it's, it's faking it every time. I mean, what, I I don't understand the question here because Keenum was traded to Washington. This you're saying Keenum will get traded twice in one off season? He deserves as much. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I th- I think, I mean. I think Cliff Kingsbury's making his impact at the quarterback position by probably taking Kyler Murray first overall, and they're happy with that. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how uh, Cliff being the OC either. Like, I mean, this no, he wasn't the OC, wasn't he? he was, my memory, I mean, my memory of Texas Tech football is really getting foggy. Keenum could potentially be there next year i think if his contract is up i don't know i don't think i don't think college case i don't think yeah i don't think college case keenum is the same as nfl case keenum i'm sorry but but i think it is i mean the connection between your college quarterback is strong there are i mean when 
the lines pick up Tom Savage, the lines offensive coordinator has a history with him. That sort of stuff sticks and you, mm-hmm. you stick with the guys who you're comfortable with. So I, I get that connection in that it's strong and, and it might emerge down the line. But I mean, Washington traded for him this year. He's not going anywhere. <sighs> All I'll say is that uh, Mansoor on our, on our staff, he is making a list of people who forget about Josh Rosen. Or maybe he, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd have to ask him what he actually feels about Josh Rosen. All I know is that a lot of people out there disrespecting Josh Rosen. You be careful about that. Homer. Yep. Uh, question from WWCJD. Can you stop doing this as a podcast and go back to writing answers to the responses? No, we've pivoted to video. We've, n- we've never done that, though. We've never written out responses. Maybe that was a thing under Sean, but, I mean, Ask POD has always been for the podcast. Kevster wants to say, says, if we could provide a summarized transcription. Buddy, if you want to try to summarize this kind of nonsense, we talk. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was the perfect response to where I was going with that. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.